Hey everyone, welcome to the Torque Message of the Week. We know you will be uplifted and equipped to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus through what is spoken. Please enjoy this message from Pastor Tony Cassis. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit torque.org. Now for the message. Rumbled him and he, he pretended that he got knocked out and he was on the ground and Peter goes to him, Jesus, Jesus, are you all right? And he's got his eyes closed and he goes, he opens them and he goes, gotcha. Now, many of you would think Jesus would never play a game like that. Because they went, oh, you fooled us, you fooled us. But what do you think? Did he have a sense of humour? Of course he did. Of course he did. I mean, um, he created humour. So things like that, the kingdom emotion class, and I'm... Catching up with homework like most of you <laughs> uh, has been really revelatory. And then on top of that, obviously, uh, Dr. Robin with the communion series, the counseled, beyond counseled, and what was the last one we did? Beyond abiding. Sorry, abiding and beyond abiding. Well, we're going to get beyond counsel soon. It's probably the process. What I'm trying to say is there is so much resource and you shouldn't have the excuse that you're ignorant anymore, okay? Scripture says my people perish through lack of knowledge. Well, that's not happening here. If there's a perishing factor in your walk, it's because you haven't applied what you've learnt, which is a sort of an introduction to what I want to share tonight. Tonight I've called it conviction or restriction. Conviction or restriction. And this is what it basically means. Go with me to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, just to give you some context. Many, Many times when I have been frustrated and sort of disappointed with the things that I have missed in God has been after a a season where God has gone to great lengths to convict me about certain behaviour patterns, but I haven't heeded the conviction, okay? And his patience is always there for us when he's trying to show us a part of our character that doesn't glorify him the way he wants it to. And there's various levels of that glory that God wants to get. You know, like you you may start when you're a young believer from telling lies, outright lies. But then the next glory is removing half-truths. Then the next glory is what we would call the white lie. Okay? But the next glory is no lying or exaggerating at all. You see, there's different levels of conviction. And God's grace permits us to have time to go from one level to another. Do do you see? You You might start with a faith that can believe for a common cold getting healed. The next step is for something more serious that might need to be healed. And he gives us time. I'm giving you sort of, you know, um, extreme examples. Um, You might have given 20 bucks 
as a young Christian because you thought, oh, that's all I could afford. But now you're a successful businessman or woman and now the Lord has basically asked you to go another level. Whatever level you're at, God has given us time to reach that level. When we don't use the time He's given to grow into that level, we fall into the trap of Him having to use more severe circumstances to write that law on our heart. Do you understand? And this occurs in Revelation when the Lord talks to the church in Thyatira. Now, before everybody manifests, because we're talking about this woman called Jezebel, I just want to dispel some misconceptions again. The woman in this, in this uh, letter that Jesus wrote to the church in Thyatira was a woman who was calling herself a prophetess. And I'm not going to go into the calling, but there's a lot of parts of this teaching that I can't deal with tonight. The first thing I want to say is, it's so easy for men to call women Jezebels, especially in the church. But there are specific things about a spirit of Jezebel that gets misconstrued and labelled on women who might have strong personalities. But if they're in no way encouraging men to leave Jesus or do something sinful, then we shouldn't start categorising them as a Jezebel. Do you understand? As soon as a woman in our sphere challenges us, we go, oh, she's a Jezebel. And I'm sorry, it is a really bad connotation on good Christian women. Now, if a woman is using a bit of manipulation, sure, we need to pray for her. But I tell you, men use manipulation just as much, right? You don't hear the name Ahab too much, do you? Yeah, well. So this teaching is not about that, even though we're not sure that Jesus is calling this woman by her actual name or he's using the name Jezebel as a reference to the Jezebel of the Old Testament who was a, you know, supreme manipulator, okay? But one thing we do know is what I want you to focus on in these verses, verses is how the Lord Jesus tries to correct a problem in this woman's life and in the church's life. And I want you to notice what Jesus says and does. Let's read it from verse 18. Everybody with me? Verse 18 says, so it's Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. I'm reading from the New King James. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, these things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. This is a wonderful endorsement of this church. He starts with the positive, right? 20. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. Verse 21, And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Verse 22, 
Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. 23, I will kill her children with death and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts and I will give to each one of you according to your works. I just want to stop there and make some comment, right? This is not the usual Jesus that gets preached from the Sunday sermons on the internet or on television, right? And, and I want to say there's a place for the positivity of the gospel, definitely. Jesus definitely loves us. He definitely has poured out his grace upon us. But you never see this side of Jesus preached in local churches or even in the international TV ministries. Jesus here is making it very clear this woman was given time to turn from her sin and she didn't use that time to turn and repent. So I'm starting to restrict or constrict her life. So conviction goes from that when it's, when it's not heeded, restriction starts to set in. Do you understand? Because the end game for Jesus is he'd rather you die and go to heaven than live and miss and go to hell. Do, do you get this? Can you see in verse um, 21, he says, I gave her time to repent. And then he goes into her sin. In this case, it was sexual immorality. It was idolatry. And again, it could be a spiritualized way of saying she's leading people to other gods. Whether it's literal or whether it's allegorical, it's still the same thing. He gave her time. The grace of God over your life for a defect or a sin in your life is so that you will turn if you're in your 20th year of trying to get free from something, you're on dangerous ground. Because he doesn't want you to hang on to it. And if you're becoming dull to the conviction, then he has to use drastic measures to make sure that you completely understand that he's not okay with what you're doing. Do you understand that? Because we as humans, we look for little loopholes about, well, maybe if I do it this way, he'll be okay with it. No. See, he, he wants us to reflect him completely. Last Sunday, I was speaking about the, the father pulling the veil back and letting you see more of his glory. Well, the more glory that you want to experience and see uh, from the Lord will cleanse you. You know, if you have something that is not under the blood of Jesus and the Lord opens up the veil more, you could end up dead. And they're strong words, but Paul made it clear to the Corinthian church. When, when they were coming together for communion and having a love feast, because they were, you know, basically being gluttons, some were being fed, some were not. 
And at the end of that love feast, there was no more bread for communion. And Paul said this, because you haven't discerned the Lord's body, this is what Pastor Robin was talking about, because you didn't deem your brother and sister enough to think that they are part of that same body that Jesus gave on the cross, some of you have fallen sick and some of you have died. Fallen, he says fallen asleep, he means died. Now how much time did the Lord give the Corinthians? We don't know, but he always gives time. Now it doesn't matter if you have a little bit of a reverence for the Lord as I preach this, because I'm applying it to myself. Grace is for change, not indulgence. Don't say to yourself, oh, God is okay, I'll eventually get there. But you're like four, five, ten, twenty years into the same thing. See, I'm, I'm starting to get this conviction. Before I fall in any way, whether it's whatever, I stop and I ask myself, would I want Jesus to die for this moment of, rebell of rebellion? Do you understand? If, if you understand the price that he had to pay to get us out of sin, let's say Jesus hadn't died yet and you hadn't sinned yet. But you know that if you sin, he has to come and die for it. Is it worth you for that 10 seconds of pleasure? Or that hour of peace that you think it's going to give you? Or that relationship that you think you need? See what I'm saying? The Old Testament saints were believing for the offering that Jesus was going to, to give on the cross. So they were looking forward to the cross. We look back to the cross. To them it was, it's going to happen. To us it's already happened. But I often check myself, is this worth me wanting Jesus to die for? Now, don't, don't get me wrong. He's not dying for your sins over and over. But I'm giving you a bit of a hypothetical because the blood of Jesus still has to cover the future sins of your life. He died for the sins of the world, the whole world, until history stops. But does that give me a license to sin because, well, he's died for it anyway? No. And this is where a lot of the church, the early church, got into trouble. They got into some doctrines like this woman did. Let's read on. After he says he'll kill her children, he says in verse 24, Now to you I say, and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will not put any other burden on you. So what was it? It was a mixture of doctrine with sexual immorality and they called it the depths of Satan. This is heavy stuff. See? So somewhere down the track, this woman has gotten off track She's self-proclaimed prophetess. But the thing with the church in Thyatira was they were letting it happen. You see? Now to the woman, the Lord gave time, but then 
the Lord who's gracious turns it around and says, this is a side of me that will bring fear into all the churches. Look what he says, right? Um, Verse 23. All the churches shall know that I am he who searches the liver and kidney. The words there, mind and heart, actually means the heart and the kidneys. The Greek word for heart there is the seat of the emotion. And many times when we're emotionally, you know, out of sorts, this is why kingdom emotion is so important, the kidneys can get affected. Understand the seat of your emotions is actually in the kidneys. But he says, The churches will know that I am he who searches your mind, what you think, and your heart, the seat of your emotions, and will give to each one according to your works. So he's basically saying, I'm bringing the fear of God back into my church. Now, grace is there so that time is given for you to do what you need to do to change, to allow the Holy Spirit to change what needs changing. Now, don't start thinking that God is this hard taskmaster and he just wants to whip sin out of you. He would rather you desire holiness and rather you start getting sick of whatever it is that has you in bondage and crying out to him and asking him to give you the will to desire something better. But don't stay there too long. You know, we're told in Hebrews, none of us have resisted sin to the point of shedding blood like Jesus did. But we should be starting to have that heart of Jesus, to have the heart to do the Father's will more than our own. And so many times in the Scriptures when kings were evil, the Lord would bring restriction because they would not listen to conviction. When Solomon stopped listening to conviction, it was the beginning of the downfall of the kingdom of Judah. Rehoboam, Abijam, Azariah, all the kings of Judah, especially the kings of the northern kingdom, Israel, There was not one good king in the northern kingdom. But in the southern kingdom of Judah, there was a few good kings. But it's very, very obvious when you read 1 and 2 Kings and 1 and 2 Chronicles, the good kings would invoke a blessing on the nation, the bad king's restriction. And I remind you what Jesus would say when he healed somebody. The man that he healed who was not able to walk for 38 years, he came up to him and said, do you want to walk? And the man said, well, no one can throw me in the pool when the angel comes. And the Lord said, pick up your mat and go home and sin no more lest something worse come upon you. The woman caught in adultery, I don't condemn you, go in peace But sin no more, lest something worse come upon you. He always said that. He was basically saying, your condition is a a result 
of choices you made. Don't make the same choice in the future. Sin no more, lest something worse come upon you. Now that wasn't a condemnation, it was a warning. Behaviour has consequences. Decisions have consequences. You might want to make a decision today which you may think is going to be good for the future, but guess what? You don't know what the future brings. And you don't know what consequences may come from the decision you've made. Do you, do you see that? Do you see that? There are times where you might think you need to move. Make sure it's God. Because you have no control of the circumstances of the place that you're moving to. You see? And I'm just using that as a hypothetical. It could be any kind of decision. If you decide to cut someone out of your life, you better make sure that's God. If you decide to bring someone into your life, you better make sure that's God because you don't know what will happen consequentially when King Jehoshaphat gave his son as a wife, Ahab and Jezebel's daughter, Athaliah, I'm pretty sure they didn't know that decision had consequences to it. Because in the next few chapters, when, when Ahaziah, the king of Judah, dies, Athaliah starts killing all of his sons. She wanted to take out the kings of Judah so that her mummy and daddy's sons from Israel would take over the Judean royalty. And thank God, one of the young offspring of Ahaziah survived. Athaliah reigned for seven horrible years. Now, good King Jehoshaphat didn't think about the consequences of that decision. He had no control. You know what? You have no control over tomorrow. Only God knows what tomorrow will bring. <laughs> and so that's why we encourage people, well, if you're going to make a decision, understand that there are some things you may be able to predict but there are some things that only God knows. Right. See? Because we try and figure it out in our head. We calculate. You know, we estimate. We hope a lot. So you can make the choice, but you have no control over what that choice will bring to you. All right? So I would like to think that conviction is enough to start behavioural change in me. Conviction. All right? If you resist conviction of the Holy Spirit, your heart will go hard to that area and God will have to bring about a circumstance that will bring your attention back to that area and basically say, because you weren't listening and obeying, I'm now needing to use circumstances to get you to turn. In this particular instance, the Lord said, I'm going to put her on a sick bed. Now, she was using her bed to sin. And because she resisted conviction, 
He's going to put her back in bed to clean her up. Do, do you get it? Spiritually, it could be the same. Because she was teaching a doctrine about the depths of Satan, she would, she would possibly have a visit to hell to really get deep while she was sick in bed. The Lord had to literally scare hell out of this woman. Because like I said, he would rather her die than go to hell for an eternity away from Jesus. So, Pastor, and what you're saying is just to bring uh, an awareness to what was just said, the very thing that she didn't listen to conviction in was the very thing that God used to restrict her in. That's exactly right. Okay. Pastor felt like he needed to bring that home. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it's bringing it home to me too. So sometimes when you're feeling a restriction in, the, in an area, and it's uncomfortable, maybe we should go back to the Lord and say, Lord, did I miss your conviction in this area? Because now I'm feeling like I'm the tail and not the head. And believe me, I've experienced this many times. My wife has said to me when bringing up the kids, you know, you've got to watch this particular spot or you're going to end up paying for it down a track. Would to God that I wasn't stubborn and listened to her, because that's exactly what happened. I had liberty, now there's a restriction. Finances, the same. If you don't follow the Lord's conviction, he will need to use a restriction in that very area to draw attention to what he tried to tell you when you were resisting his conviction. Pastor, I'd like to add something. I'm glad to the that. pastors are inputting. I'm stirring something here. Yeah. Go ahead, Doc. I just want to give an example of the Bible mm -hmm. and restriction, conviction. Uh, you know, uh, Moses, right. who was a man, a godly man, but yet he had a very big weakness of anger. And God worked with him for a long time to remove that anger, but he would wow. not allow that anger to be removed. And finally, he was restricted from going into the promised, promised land. land. Oh, my God. What an example. Because he struck the rock. <laughs> Instead of speaking to it, his frustration caused him to strike the rock. Wow. Very serious. Very, very serious. Did everybody hear that? Just to show you the example... Moses was uh, 80 years old. He was 40 years old when he killed the Egyptian. Remember that? So he was a strong guy. He killed him single-handedly. We're not told how. And he killed him and he buried him. And then he ran to Midian. And you remember when he got to Midian, Sephora, Zipporah, his future wife, was contending with shepherds. There were more than one shepherd there. And we're told Moses was able to stop them from robbing Zipporah and her sheep from the well. Yep. How does one guy stop a group of shepherds? He must have been a tough guy. Probably trained in the military school in Egypt. And then the Lord spends 40 years of destroying his ego. 
But deep down inside, as Pastor was saying, he had this hidden anger. And then it pops up occasionally in the wilderness with Israel. You know, he's often on his face saying, Lord, I didn't give birth to these people. Right? And, but he, i got to give it to him. He stood in the gap a lot. But that time when he was asked to speak to the rock, because he wasn't allowing, as Pastor said, the conviction of the Spirit to deal with the anger, suddenly all of that pent-up frustration of 40 years with these Israelites came to the surface And he said the words, shall we, meaning Aaron and I, give you rebels water to drink? And he took out his staff and he angrily struck the rock instead of speaking to it. He made it about him instead of God and the Lord restricted him from going into the promised land for that one mistake. But was it one? He actually had... A few little outbursts along the way, but no one really picked up on it. See? It took a 40-year wait before it came to the surface. You see? And so people say, well, God was pretty strict on Mo. No, he wasn't. Remember when Moses wouldn't, circ- Remember when Moses wouldn't circumcise his boys? He was angry with God. Because the Lord said, oh, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. He didn't want to go. So on the way there, he must have been contemplating changing his mind and he definitely wasn't going to circumcise his boys. And the scripture says the Lord wanted to kill him. But the thing was, he got 40 years of grace. Wow. 40 years of grace to change. You said that God will give you time, but don't push the time. And that was something so important for him. He took them out of Egypt. He took them right to the edge and he to go in. That's pretty big restriction. Yeah. So, summing up, ask yourself, are you able to be convicted in areas... And are there areas where you are beginning to become dull to conviction? All right? If you are aware of things that the Holy Spirit is convicting you of, then ask for the power and the grace to obey what the Lord is saying. Okay? And it's not that he wants to convict us with condemnation. He's convicting us about something he wants to change in our character or in our, you know, minds or hearts. Remember, the Lord has already forgiven us by his grace. So this is to cut away things that will eventually try and draw you away from Jesus. Right? The Holy Spirit's job is to convict the world of sin. But he's convicting us about things he wants changed. Not so that you get back into, 
you know, good standing with God, you're always in good standing with God because of the cross. But you're not always pleasing God. You're not always expressing the character of God. You're not always glorifying God. And he wants you to glorify him. See? This is why he requires us as believers who want to be mature to heed the voice of conviction. So that he doesn't have to restrict our blessings and our behaviour, right? And, and basically enforce a change. I don't know about you, but when I'm desperate for something, I'm going to God a lot. When I'm not desperate for something, I'm not going to God as much. That should not be the case. We should be going to the Lord when we're in need as much as when we're in abundance. And vice versa. Otherwise, our love is conditional. So we could all use that grace, yeah? So let's lift our hands and let's ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what, what you've been speaking to us that we've taken too long to let you get lordship of, we recommit that to you. We understand you're not condemning us. You want us to glorify you. You want us to glorify you. And so, Lord, we want to glorify you by change. We want to glorify you by sanctification. When we say we give our life to you, we want to think we mean that. It's not just words. So help us to walk what we speak, Lord Jesus. We want to be doers of your word, not just sayers of your word. And Lord, those of us who are experiencing restriction, then speak again. Is it the same area that we've resisted conviction in? And if so, give us the ability to turn so that the restriction can come off and that you can bring a full blessing again. We thank you for your word tonight, Lord Jesus. We thank you that you love us enough. We thank you that you love this Jezebel enough to say to her, I'm going to restrict you by putting you into bed and showing you that I'm not happy with what you're doing. Now wake up and get rid of this bad behaviour so that you can glorify me. That's what you were telling Jezebel in Revelation. And Lord, you want us to avoid the restriction seasons for your name's sake. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So in saying that, we we make it our custom at talk to invite anyone who's in the sanctuary and anyone who's joined us online to ask the Lord to become the Lord of their life, the Saviour of the life. And that requires a process that we call repentance. Repentance is a change of attitude, a complete turnaround of attitude. He wants you to turn from living for yourself and live for Him, acknowledge that our standard of godliness or goodness falls far short of what our Father in Heaven deems as good. No one has met the standard of living that God requires to get to Heaven. We we have all fallen short 
of that requirement. And so what the Father has made as far as provision is concerned, He sent His perfect Son, allowed Him to be tempted with every human temptation possible and without sin. And by Him dying without sin, He has opened a very large door of grace for us who have been born in sin to come out of sin. And you do that by repenting, by turning away from your sin and trusting in Jesus' offering on the cross as a full payment to wipe away every sin in your life. If that's you tonight, you can receive that grace by praying this really simple prayer. It's coming up on your screen now. Say after me, Father God, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins and wash me clean with the blood of Jesus Christ. I believe Jesus died for my sins and He rose again to give me life with you. Lord Jesus, come and live in my heart and fill me with your Spirit. Let me have true communion with you that is not based on performance or religion, but total intimacy. And then finally, I believe in you, Jesus. And I thank you that I am saved. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, if you're in the sanctuary, come and see me. I want to set you on the path of life. If you're online, contact destination is coming up on screen. We want to get a Bible in your hand. We need to get you into a place of fellowship where your newfound relationship with Jesus can be enhanced. We'd love to see you here at Talk New York. If you're in the tri-state area, please come. Make an effort to see us and testify of the grace of God in your life. We'd love to see you here. We're going to sign off from our online audience. And I just want to bless you guys. Don't let condemnation in, but allow conviction to have its perfect work. Put into action whatever area the Lord is speaking to you about so that he doesn't have to bring a restriction in that area. Amen? God bless you all. We'll see you soon. Let's sing one, two, one, two. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, one, two. One, two, one, two. One, two, one, two. One, two. Go. One. Hi, guys. Hello, everyone. My name is Jihei. This is Pastor. Pastor Nate. Nate. <laughs> uh, wow, I am actually speechless. After, I told you it was going to be a good word. Yes, my flesh is still burning. <laughs> can you smell it, Pastor yes, Nate? Yes, I can smell it. <laughs> I need to go and um, listen to this word again yep. about conviction and restriction. Yeah, and it was funny because um, Pastor Tony didn't share a lot, like... But if anyone yeah, like prayer for the it was enough. And I, I actually wrote down some in, in the, the talk app. Mm -hmm. I take notes. So I wrote some of the notes tonight. here. Okay. So Something that was really up. powerful is he said there are levels to conviction. Oh, absolutely. And that we don't come into full conviction like straight away. That's right. Yeah. His examples were, um, for example, like lies and, yeah. you know, the white lies 
and no lies. Yeah, that so there's was always like levels. A really, really clear way Vanessa, of showing you have been different summoned. levels. Right. And, and the other thing that he said Vanessa, um, or she was to come for a second. the grace of God is for time for you to turn from that thing. And that just kind of pointed out to me, like, we always think that time is against us. Right. But time is actually giving us a chance to heed conviction. Exactly. Yeah. Pastor Robin's example was Moses. Yeah. Moses had 40 years to change. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but we don't have 40 years. Right. Um, why don't you let us know in the comments before you go what you got out of tonight's word, what stuck with you, where the Holy Spirit kind of landed in your heart, areas of conviction. Absolutely. Funny enough, to yeah. be uh, quite precise. Another one of the gems was, um, oh, this is one of my favorite ones. And funny enough, it comes from Kingdom Emotions. Mm -hmm. You can choose your choices, but you cannot choose your consequences. Exactly. I know there's always forgiveness. Yeah. He's going to forgive you, but the consequences... We have no control of, Pastor, uh, Pastor Tony pointed out. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know what God's going to do. So consequences are out of our control. And funny enough, like, we find this great, like, you know, self-independence in choosing mm -hmm. the choices. But then we become so dependent on God when the consequences come around. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank God for God's grace. But grace is for the change. Not yeah. for indulgence. That's right. As we have learnt at talk, grace is for change, not for indulgence. Yep. So, guys, before you go, um, look, we just want to do some shout outs. We want to pray with you. But if you have been like impacted by anything that Pastor Tony or Pastor Robin or myself was sharing, especially Pastor Tony during the message, please just let us know in the chat. Um, Danielle says, the worship and the word was so on time for me. It really blessed me. So that's great, Dan. We're so glad it blessed you. And um, we know that as you listen back to it more and more, more truth will go in and more truth will land. Amen. I want to share another. Um, I write down all the gems. Oh, wow. that's how I kind of get through the message because I want to make sure I get it. Um, if you resist conviction of the Holy Spirit in an area, the Lord will allow that area to be restricted until you heed conviction. Wow, who wants to uh, ignore the convictions? <laughs> wow, that was, yes, yeah. that was a jam and a half. And I think conviction sometimes, we understand it as like being told, you know, the wrong that we're doing. But you can be convicted in God's love. You That's right. You can be convicted in hope and, you know, and in trust. Yeah, Like yeah. conviction is the Holy Spirit's weight upon you to remind you of who He is. That's right. Know? It's a small, still voice. Telling you, knocking on your heart's yes, door. exactly. What are you doing? Knocking on your heart <laughs> saying, right, you know, this isn't me or this is me. Right. So um, let's head over to Church Online and see mm -hmm. if we have anyone watching on there, which I think we do. Church Online. So. Yes. Um, what the Holy Spirit was speaking to me personally was what I think God is convicting me might not be what actually God is convicting me about. Yeah. What I think I need to change in my life might not be what God is convicting me. Wow. You know? Wow. So um, Leslie says, thank you so much to the senior pastors, Dr. Robin and Dr. Tony, Pastor Nate and the team. Miss you all. Miss you too. Celeste said, sadly, there are times I need many years to change. Celeste, don't we all? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Grace says, wow, I mean, ouch. We always think that time is against us, but it really is meant as grace for change. That's right. Yep. So we're glad that these gems are landing in you guys and that tonight's service has been another one 
that the Holy Spirit has used to impact and bring his truth. We just want to give a couple of shout outs. So we shout out to Angie watching from Ireland. Hey, Angie. Auntie Angie, we love we you. We love you. And we also want to shout out to David Critchlow watching. Also, Danielle, who let us know. Pastor Victor from Sydney. Uh, Shatisha. Pastor Wendell, who's watching from Canada. Wow. Amanda Chris. Also, um, let's have a look. Mm-hmm. We also have Grace. We also have Celeste. We also have Kemi um, watching from Australia. Awesome. Um, and yeah, so wow. we're so glad that you guys have been a part of tonight and that, you know, even though you're at home or you can't be here in person, you're still a part of it. And that's our aim on these kinds of pre-show, post-show. I wouldn't say, I don't like saying show. It's like pre-inter, it's not a show. You know what reflection. I mean? Reflection. That's that's probably better. A good term. Pre-reflection, yeah. <laughs> post-reflection. Right. It's our way of just making you feel a part of it, giving you the ability to share what's on your heart, making sure you feel accepted and beloved here by our talk community. And you can listen to this message again this week. I would go back and listen to it a hundred times over. Absolutely. And I think Pastor Robin said there's even going to be a portal on it. Wow. I know that we need to unravel this. this oh, is absolutely. I have some questions for yeah, the I'm pastors. Sure. I'm sure. Yes. And at Portals, you get to ask your questions. So hmm? Portals Live takes place on our Facebook page, and it usually uh, you get a notification. If you don't have that ability to be notified, you can join the Portals group. Mm-hmm. So just search Portals on your group search in Facebook, and there'll be a private group now that you can get all notified whenever Portals goes live. So you don't miss anything. Absolutely. Yeah, the portals, just as Pastor Nate brought um, to our attention before, do not miss out on the opportunities to listen to portals. Yeah. Don't say, I'm going to do it later. No. Then you're going to end up with five portals. Heed the conviction. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't let him restrict you. <laughs> That's a funny way of saying it. Right. <laughs> Who wants the restrictions? I don't. Yes. We've had enough restrictions. <laughs> yes, we have for two two years. Wow, that's so true. We've yeah. had so many restrictions. That's right. And now we don't have time to be restricted again. We have Mm-mm. to eat the conviction. Yeah, and you know, the church was asleep, and we got <laughs> a bit of restrictions, and now we don't want to go back yeah. to Egypt. Exactly. Uh-uh. Exactly. <laughs> the wilderness is over. We're coming out. Activation, and this is a part when we activate, we have to always be heeding our convictions. That's so, right. look, we want to say good night, good morning, wherever you're watching from. We're going to pray and then we're going to sign off. Thank you so much for being with us and for worshiping with us and being a part of what God has done. Lord, I thank you for our online audience. Mm-hmm. I just pray that those who watched, Lord, will receive the portion that you have for them. That as you put on their plate, Lord, what you want to show them, Lord, that you are convicting them about, that you would begin to, Lord, Just write on their hearts, Lord, beyond their heads, but write on the tablet of their heart, Lord, the word that you have for them. Bless them, Father. Let them be a blessing, Lord, to others as they go out into their world this week, Lord, heeding conviction, Lord, and breaking, Lord, the restrictions over their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you, and we will see you next week. Love you. Bye. Bye. That was good.
If this is your first time accepting Jesus, we would love for you to get in touch with us so we can walk alongside you in taking your next steps in faith. There is so much that God wants to do in your life to show his goodness and love and our team is ready and willing to connect you and partner with you on your journey. Visit torque.org contact to speak to someone today. It is our joy to partner with you and see Jesus become real, relevant, and relational in every part of your life. Thanks for listening to the talk message of the week. We hope you were encouraged by this and stirred to make this more than just words, but a reality. If you have been impacted by what was shared, why not go ahead and share it with someone who you know needs to hear it. You can get the latest episodes of this podcast by subscribing via Spotify, Apple, or your talk app. Need to rewatch this message again? Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel or check out talktv.org for more amazing content. We thank you for your generous support and prayers. And if you would like to contribute to our ministry, please visit talk.org forward slash give. From all of our leaders and team, we love you, are praying for you, and believing for your every step to be aligned with Him and His Spirit this week. Until we see you next time, God bless.